thank you for tuning in to the Transformed Podcast, a work of Scattered Abroad, which is overseen by the East Hill Church of Christ in Pulaski, Tennessee. You can find our website at scatteredabroad.org. This podcast challenges us to be different from this world in which we live and to transform ourselves into the best that we can be for God. Here is your host, Caleb Rutherford. What's up, everybody? Thank you again so much for tuning in and being with us today for this episode of the Transform Podcast. Again, what a blessing it is to study the Word of God and how thankful we ought to be for technology and for the doors that it opens for us to use to teach the Bible, including this avenue of podcasting. I hope that this has certainly been beneficial to you. I hope that you're growing more and more into a faithful person. I know that this study has certainly helped me. I know it's helped Ben in our personal study to present these lessons. Um, I hope that your, your your faith is growing stronger, that you're someone who is growing every single day into a better person. Um, and, and again, as always, if you have any questions, any comments, concerns about any of the things that we've talked about, please don't hesitate to reach out to us. You can find all of our links in our show notes below. So remember to go there if you do want to reach out to us. And as always, please leave us a rating or review, and that certainly helps us out greatly. Again, we are introducing this theme of being transformed into a person of faith. Um, we've been going through Hebrews chapter 11, and Ben McDonald has been helping us do that. Ben, again, appreciate you being on the show. I think this is our last one, so it's been it's been fun, man. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm sad that it's ending and coming <laughs> to a close, but I'm really happy the fact that we got to do it, and I'm excited for this last episode for sure. Yeah, absolutely. It's been a pleasure. I've certainly, um, certainly grown. I know that I have in my faith, and I hope that you have as well as so we've been going through this study. Today, as we kind of close this this series out of, of being transformed into a person of faith, um, we're not going to focus on an Old Testament hero, and we're not even going to focus on a New Testament hero per se, but rather we're going to focus on you. We're going to talk about you, and I don't mean maybe you specifically, but just you as a Christian. We're going to talk about Christians, New Testament Christians, people who have been bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ, who are a part of the church. But even if you're not a Christian, these things still apply to you in the sense that you can learn and grow and to become a Christian. And this will help you in your walk there and in, in your walk as a Christian. So let's talk about you as a person, as a Christian, as someone who is going to be growing in their faith. The first thing I want to talk about this idea, when we talk about you and faith, I want to talk about this idea of we must walk by faith. We must walk by faith. And I think Ben mentioned this maybe a couple of episodes ago. He said this is said of every single individual in Hebrews chapter 11. And obviously it's important because it's mentioned. Um, During all of their trials, during all of their tribulations, during all of the things that these individuals had to go through in life, they walked in faithfulness to God. Now, again, walking by faith is not synonymous with perfection. We all know that no one is perfect. Um, We know that we're not called to be perfect. We're called to be faithful. We're called to walk by faith. Again, that's Revelation chapter 2 and verse 10. You can go through the individuals that we've talked about. You can think about Abraham, how he lied. Moses didn't even make it to the promised land because he struck the rock instead of speaking to it. We know Rahab was a pagan harlot. No one was perfect. No one was perfect. But it also does not give us the license to live however we want. So this idea of walking by faith means that we're going to endure everything that goes on around us. We're going we're, we're gonna to persevere through all of the trials and tribulations that go through us. Now, I want to look at a couple of verses here. This passage of Scripture here, beginning in verse 32 of Hebrews chapter 11. And I'm going to read these, and we're going to talk about these uh, some of these individuals here just very briefly. So I want you to listen to this passage. Hebrews 11, beginning in verse 32, the Bible says, 
And what more shall I say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah, also of David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith subdued kingdoms. He's talking about Joshua, talking about Gideon, talking about Jephthah, talking about David. He mentioned those who worked righteousness, those who obtained promises, talking about Abraham, the promise given to Abraham. Talks about those who stopped the mouths of lions, talking about Daniel. Go to verse 34. He talks about those who quenched the violence of fire. We remember Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, the three young men who were in the fiery furnace. We talked about those who escaped the edge of the sword. You could think about Elijah and Elisha and Jeremiah. The writer mentions those who were out of weakness, who were made strong. Think about Hezekiah. Think about David. Think about Esther. He talks about those who became valiant in battle, Joshua, uh, Barak, David. He talked about those who turned to fight, uh, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. You could talk about the, Philist the, the Philistine armies, the Ammonites, Moabites, the Assyrians, etc. Go to verse 35, talks about women who received their dead raised to life again, talking about Zarephath and the Shunammite woman. He talks about others who were tortured, those who were not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. Let me read that again. Others who were tortured, they were not accepting deliverance, and that they might obtain a better resurrection. How powerful is that? How powerful is that? That they weren't going to accept any kind of pardon. They weren't going to accept anything else because of their faithfulness to God. They didn't want to be delivered because they knew what was going to come. They knew of their reward in heaven above. When you think about individuals um, who were persecuted back in the first century, they would say, if you deny your faith in God, well, we'll let you live. We'll let you go. And so many first century Christians died because they would not accept deliverance because they knew a better resurrection was coming. And if that doesn't help you press on in this life, I don't know what will. It shows us that we can get through whatever trials and struggles and temptations and different things that we have to go through in this life um, because we're moving and living for a better resurrection. Again, you go back to Hebrews chapter 11, look at verse 36. He talks about still others had trials of mockings and scourgings, talking about Elisha and Jeremiah. He says, yes, and chains of imprisonment, talking about um, Hanani and, uh, and Micaiah and Jeremiah. Verse 37, he talks about those who were stoned, talking about Zechariah, talks about those who were sewn in two. That was Isaiah, and that's according to historian writers. I guess we don't particularly know that that's exactly true, but historian writers talk about that being Isaiah. He talks about those who were tempted. He talks about those who were slain with the sword, uh, talking about the 85 priests, those who were slain by Ahab and Jezebel and Uriah, talking about they wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, so on and so forth. So many different things that these individuals had to go through. Can you imagine all the things that they went through simply because they were individuals of faith? simply because they believed in God, simply because you talk about the people in the New Testament, simply because they were Christians. What an example that is to us to know that we must walk by faith through whatever it is that comes our way, the trials, the temptations, the struggles, the discouragements, um, the depressions, whatever it might be, we must be individuals who walk by faith no matter what comes our way. Number two, I want to talk about this idea of we must walk as pilgrims. And, and Ben, you know, when we talk about this idea, what, what, do, what do we mean when we say that we have to be individuals who are going to walk as pilgrims? I think this idea of pilgrims first comes out there. and We can back up a couple of verses here, uh, starting in verse 13, going back, going down to verse 16. I'll go ahead and read those. 
uh, really quick, but it says, uh, Hebrews 11, starting verse 13, these all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, were assured of them, embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For those who say such things declare plainly that they seek a homeland, and truly if they had called to mind that country from which they had come out, they would have had the opportunity to return, but now they desire a better, that is a heavenly country. Therefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. So as we see there, and in, in specifically starting in verse 13, and it's talking about all of these people of faith, all these great individuals that we're speaking of in this chapter, these all died in faith. And at the end of the verse describes them as strangers and pilgrims. And as you said, for that point number two, we must also walk as pilgrims. And we think of that word pilgrim and what it means is defined as a traveler or a wanderer, and especially talking about a foreign place, you know, and really kind of putting this more to, um, you know, and think more so realistically about it, you know, think about people we've talked about in this chapter, think about Abraham and how right. God called him out of his home to go to this foreign country to dwell in this foreign land that he did not know about, but yet he did it uh, by faith because it was this land of promise. God promised him something better. Think about Moses when he led the Israelites out of Egypt, wandering the desert for, for 40 years, longing for that land of promise. Right. You see, they accepted, and not just these, uh, these two men, but also the others we've talked about, they accepted and embraced the promises of God, even when they couldn't see them, even when they weren't right in front of them, even when they were seemingly out of reach, they trusted in them and accepted them. And I think because of that, that shows their great faith. And because of that, we see there in uh, verse, I think it's verse 16, that God is not ashamed to be called their God. What a grunter that would be to know that, you know, if if we could say that about ourselves, right? God is not ashamed of us. Is God? I think that's something we have to ask ourselves each and every day, right? Is God mm-hmm. proud of me or is God ashamed of me? But as we can see, it's be because of their faith, there also we see there in verse 16 that God prepared a place for them. He says that that he has prepared a city for them. And just as they had a place prepared, we too as Christians have that place prepared, this place of promise waiting for us, this promise of something better. I think of John 14, and we've mentioned this in a previous episode, but Jesus says that he goes to prepare a place for us, to, to not worry about it. Let not your heart be troubled, but because of your faith, I go to prepare a place for you, and I will come again to receive you to myself. Right. I know we mentioned that before, but that's one of my favorite passages in all of Scripture, the comfort of knowing that Jesus has made a promise, but we know that that promise is only for the faithful, and that reward is only going to come to the faithful. You mentioned Revelation 2 and verse 10 earlier, where it says, be faithful until death, and I will give you the crown of life. So because of our faith, we will be given uh, that reward. And so these individuals, these great people of faith, were pilgrims in this world. They were strangers, foreigners, and they, walk, and they walked as pilgrims because they walked differently uh, than the world. And as Christians, that's what we're called to do, right? We're called to be you know, called out of the world, called to be transformed, called to be different because our citizenship isn't on earth, but rather in heaven, Philippians chapter 3. You know, we've mentioned this song before, but it's one of my favorites to sing in, in worship. But this world is not my home. I'm passing. I'm just a passing through. And that's how these individuals did their life yep. through faith. Exactly. They realized they were living their life, walking through the earth, knowing that this was not their home, but yet were longing for something better and that someplace better was coming because of their faith. So we also must walk as pilgrims, knowing that we have that great reward uh, waiting for us. But of course, we just have to walk by faith. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Walking as pilgrims, what a, what a task it is for us to do. What a, um, what a, what a challenge it is that that's laid before us to be pilgrims in this life, because 
um, so often people want to get wrapped up and, and kind of caught up in the things of this world. And obviously some, some things are okay. Some things are fine. Um, but when we, like I've mentioned before, when we put our stock in that, when we place all of our hope and all of our faith and trust and all the things in this life, we're no longer being pilgrims. We are being individuals who have settled down and who are becoming citizens of the world. But as, as we've talked about before, we have to be pilgrims because our citizenship is in heaven. Um, number three, we have to be individuals. Um, when we talk about us being individuals of faith, we must walk with focus. We must walk with focus. I want to go to Hebrews chapter 12, and I know we're kind of leaving Hebrews chapter 11, but I want to go to chapter 12 and look at the first two verses uh, of this passage because it goes right, it goes extremely well with what we have just been talking about for the last seven weeks and even into this, this episode as well. Hebrews chapter 12, beginning of verse 1, the writer there says, Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Verse 2, Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Now, that word therefore, and I've heard, I've heard always said, whenever you see the word therefore, you've got to see what it's there for, right? What, what is it that we're trying to talk about here? Because of what was just talked about, um, all the individuals of faith, well, now you can go into verse 2. Therefore, because of everything happened in chapter 11, we can go forward. Now, we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. Well, who's the witnesses there that's being talked about? All the individuals we've just talked about, Abel, Enoch, Noah, Abraham, Sarah, Joseph, Moses, all the individuals we could talk about um, in the Bible who have been great heroes of faith. Now, one thing I want to mention when he talks about let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. I want to talk about that, the word weight and the word sin. Obviously, it's two very different things because he mentions them separately and specifically. So may I suggest to all of us today that the weight is very possibly the things that maybe aren't sinful in our lives. Um, they're, they're not things sinful in nature. They're not things that are sinful if we do them. However, we can allow them to get to that point to where they are sinful in the sense that they weigh us down and they get us off track and they distract us. And so essentially what Paul is, or excuse me, not Paul, the writer of Hebrews is saying here, he's saying put aside and put off every single thing that's going to hinder your walk with Christ. Everything we do in life, we need to ask ourselves, is this going to get me off track of where I'm going in life? Is this going to uh, to hinder me from being the best that I can be in this life for God? Right. And we mentioned this before in another episode, but Jesus talked about that, right? If your if your hand right. or your foot causes you to sin, cut it off. Exactly. If your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. It'll be better for you to enter into uh, eternity uh, in paradise without a hand or without an eye than it will be to have all these things, but yet in torment. And so that's one thing we have to realize that these things in this earth are, are temporary right. and they can no way match up to the things that are waiting for us eternity, both positively and negatively as well. So we have to just do what that exactly says, lay aside every weight, just get rid of it. If it doesn't uh, enhance our faith, if it doesn't help us grow, if it doesn't move us forward, uh, we need to turn from it and just get rid of it because it's just that it's dead weight. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and it could even, it could be things um, that surround your job. It could be, you know, you're working too much overtime and you're missing services. It could be a toxic environment. It could be, you know, sports and you're putting that before um, worship and biblical things. It could be your friends or, you know, even some family members or whatever it might be, anything that's going to hinder your walk with Christ. 
basically cut it off. Get it out of your life because it's going to weigh you down. And then obviously the sin, sin will always weigh us down and will always get us off track. And we talk about when you go into, um, we look there at the end of, end of verse one, it talks about let us run with endurance the race that's set before us. This this whole concept of running is found all throughout Scripture. You go to 1 Corinthians chapter 9, and verse 24, um, the, Paul, the Apostle Paul says, Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but only one receives the price and run in such a way that you may obtain it? So basically Paul says, look, there's, there's a prize at the end. Run as if no one else is going to be able to attain it except for the winner. So you run that race to win the race. Run with endurance. Don't give up. Don't allow those things to knock you down and to beat you up and not allow you to move forward. Basically, run with faith. Run with endurance that you're going to be able to reach that finish line. And then when we go to verse 2, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, that's where our focus in life ought to be. And I used this example before, but you go back to when Jesus was walking on the water and Peter stepped out on that boat. And again, those first four words of that verse, but when he saw, when he took his eyes off of Jesus, when his focus was no longer where it needed to be, what happened? He started to sink. He started to to, to lose uh, all, all of the things that were going on around him. And so um, it's so important to look to Jesus. He's the beginning and the end of our faith. It begins with him. It ends with him. He's blazed the trail that's set before us. And we need to make sure that we're focusing on Jesus because he's going to be the one who gets us through this life. Yeah, I love this. Um, I love this picture that this paints about this life being a race, right? And how you run. You think right. about if you're set there and let's, um, you know, just think about if you're in a track meet and you have this race set out before you and uh, you're trying to win it, right? Well, you're not just going to maybe slow jog or walk if you expect to win. You're not going to do that. And that's what he's saying. It's like run in this way that you may obtain it. And you've mentioned it um, before. And I think it's very applicable here, you know, that, God's not going to require perfection because we will never reach it. Right. Um, but he requires us to be faithful. And I think with that, sometimes people can kind of go both ways. You know, they get discouraged because they think God's only going to require perfection. But then you go on the flip side and some people say that, well, God only requires effort. Well, I think effort matters, but again, I don't think that's just it. But I think you've hit on it in a previous uh, session before that, you know, God require what God requires is that effort that strives for perfection. You know, knowing that we'll never get there, but we can certainly try. So that way we hit the mark. We hit the standard that has been uh, set for us. And the only way right. we can do that is what we see there in, in verse 2. And that's looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher, the perfecter of our faith, the one who makes our faith complete. It, like you said, it begins and ends uh, with him. And so I think that's important for us to realize as we go through this life that we have to run. We have to live this life as we're going to uh, win the race, because that is the only way we're going to be able to reach uh, that prize that's waiting for, for us if we walk through this life uh, successfully. Yeah, exactly. And, it, and you go even to the end of verse 2, it says, um, talking about he, he endured the cross, he despised the shame, but where is he at now? The right hand of God. He finished his mission on this earth. And so now, he finished his race in a sense. So now it's time for us to finish ours. Uh, you know, the Apostle Paul going there to the end of Second Timothy chapter 4 talks about he's finished the fight. He's run his course, basically. It's time for him to go. He's done all that he could do. It's time for him to go. He's run his race, and he tells Timothy, now it's your turn. Now it's your turn to continue running your race to get to that finish line, and the same is for us today. We must be individuals who run the race, who have faith in God, and who are able to do all the things that God would have us to do. I really hope that this study has been beneficial to you. I hope that it strengthened your faith. 
I hope you're growing because of it. I hope you're constantly transforming uh, day by day into a person of faith, into someone who is stronger every single day. And if you're not yet a Christian, know that you can be. Know that you can talk to us about that if that's something that you're interested in. Know that you you can become someone who is a great person of faith and that you can put your hope and your trust in God, knowing that he's going to get you through and that one day we can spend our eternity in heaven above with him. Ben, I appreciate you so much for being on uh, the podcast and for studying the, uh, this idea uh, from Hebrews chapter 11 with me over these uh, last few weeks. Yeah, man, I certainly enjoyed it. I really enjoyed studying and preparing for it. Um, it certainly has helped me, and I know it's helped you, and I certainly hope it's helped all of you uh, who are listening as well. Um, so I really enjoyed it. I'm sad that it's over, but I'm looking forward to maybe a time we can do it again. Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Scattered Abroad Network. If you would like to email us, you can do so at thescatteredabroadnetwork at gmail.com. That's thescatteredabroadnetwork at gmail.com. Remember, you can check the show notes below for all of our social media platform links. Also, don't forget that you can find us on all major podcast platforms and please leave us a rating or review. We hope and pray that this has helped you grow closer to Christ even though we are scattered abroad. May God bless you.